today on Real Radio. Blessed be those who in their doubt try to find this book to be false because what happens to them most often is that they wind up getting saved because of the veracity of God's word. The truth of God's word stands firm. Your Bible in your lap is the sword of the spirit, says the Bible. The very word of God. Welcome to Real Radio with Pastor Jack Hibbs. I'm David J. thanking you for joining us today as we listen, learn, and are challenged by God's Word, the Bible. On today's edition of Real Radio, Pastor Jack, in a message called The Greatest Teaching on Bible Prophecy Ever, Part 3, continues now in a series called Anchored, a study in 1 Peter. The Apostle Peter was one of the disciples of Jesus who later became the leader of the early church. His story is ancient, but really no different than what's happening today. We are still in need of a Savior, and Christ followers still need Peter's heartfelt words of compassion and encouragement. Now, Peter offers hope that won't disappoint those who are living out their faith, even though pain and sorrow does exist. God doesn't waste suffering, but offers a secure inheritance in heaven through His Son, Jesus Christ. Peter also reminds us that this world is not our home, and we can have joy knowing that the trials we endure will only last but for a little while. So today, on day one of this message, Pastor Jack tells us that Peter, even though he became the leader of the first church, was still very relatable. He had a way of speaking before thinking and reacting before listening. Sounds like somebody I know. But Peter's passion comes from how much he loved the Lord and dedicated his life to the service of others in faith. And now in his message called The Greatest Teaching on Bible Prophecy Ever, Part 3, here's pastor and Bible teacher Jack Hibbs. Stand and open your Bibles to 1 Peter chapter 1. I know it sounds like a broken record, but we'll be done with this portion today. It's verses 10, 11, and 12. And today we're looking at verse 12. Father, we pray this morning that by your power, that is by your Holy Spirit, there There is no power apart from your Holy Spirit. God, we ask you to visit us this morning in this teaching. We ask you, Father, that you'd overlook the fact that we're assembled in a building. The structure has an address. It's called a church. But we're none of that unless the Holy Spirit is here this morning, unless your word is open, unless, Almighty God, we are desperate before you to see you move in our lives. And Lord, I pray that you would sweep across this congregation of saints that love you. Father, in all aspects, those that are grieving right now through loss, death, news, I pray for those that are here. I think of my dear brother Todd in the front row right now and others around this place who are looking, Lord, at the operating table tomorrow or this week. Bring them healing. Bring them your favor. Bring them your grace and your comfort. We pray for parents that are mourning this morning, their children. We pray for children who are mourning their parents. We thank you, God, in all of these things, the overriding truth is the salvation that is through Christ Jesus. It's that reason why we're here. And we thank you, Father, in Jesus' name, and all God's people said, Amen. amen. You can be seated this morning, and we're looking at today, part three. It's our final look at a message entitled, The Greatest Teaching on Bible prophecy ever. I love the bombacity. That's a big word, isn't it? Bombacity, isn't that cool? It sounds like something. I love the, the, just the noise of that title. 
It's, it sounds almost arrogant to say it, but the, the confidence is not in the title. It's, it's in the message of that title. The greatest teaching on Bible prophecy ever is not in the title of this message. It's not even in the points in which we're looking at. It's found in the very words and verses that are before us, the ones we just read a moment ago, because it's all about, as you've been learning, salvation. The greatest prophetic doctrine in the Bible is the doctrine of salvation, that God would come and save us from our sins. That's a prophetic utterance by God. And we've been studying how that encompasses the entire Bible. And Peter, the wonderful, lovable, big, we know from church history, we know from the Bible, bumbling, Peter, the one who always seemed to open his mouth and say something at the wrong time, Peter. Commentators have often said, and we laugh and chuckle because we agree, not because we find fault with him, but that he had foot and mouth disease. You can read that in many commentators. I think one of the most lovable of them all and dearly uh, esteemed is Dr. J. Vernon McGee. Peter was that kind of a, a man that we can all relate to because Peter was always caught saying something out loud, thinking something and saying it out loud. The Bible tells us often that when Peter was speaking, it says, as he was speaking, the Holy Spirit descended and said, or as he was speaking, God spoke. Poor Peter, he's always interrupted. But he's passionate. He loved Jesus. I'm grateful that Peter was the one that denied Christ to show me that God's grace gives us second and third and fourth and fifth chances. Peter, having denied Christ three times in the face of Jesus, found forgiveness after the resurrection. That the salvation of God is greater than any sin that you could have ever committed in life. Somebody should say amen to that. Whatever you've ever done in life, God is willing to forgive if you're willing to repent of it. God is a forgiving God, the God of the Bible, and his message to us is salvation. And remember this, bear with me if you are bored by this remembrance, but it's powerful. Luke chapter 24, verse 25 to verse 27 is the encapsulation of a great chapter of the Bible. It happens, as you learned last Sunday, it happened on a Sunday evening 2,000 years ago as two disciples made their way back to their homes in, in Emmaus. It says, then he, that is Jesus, said to them, O foolish ones and slow of heart to believe in all the prophets have spoken. Ought not the Christ to have suffered these things and to enter into his glory? And beginning at Moses and all of the prophets, he, that is Jesus, expounded to them, unpacked to them and all of the scriptures, the things concerning himself. That is an awesome statement. Jesus used the entire Old Testament to tell two disciples on the day of the resurrection that it was the Bible that spoke about his salvation. The revelation of God's word is the salvation of Jesus Christ. Revelation chapter 19, verse 10 says, but I, John is the one speaking, but I, John, fell at his feet to worship him. Scholars, by the way, they don't know if the one speaking to John to whom he falls at their feet is a, is a fellow saint in heaven above, or is it an angel speaking to him? It's one or the other. But that entity, be it a redeemed saint that preceded John or some angel, but he said to me, 
See that you do not do that. I am your fellow servant and of your brethren who have the testimony of Jesus. Worship God for the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of what church? Prophecy. And the spirit of Jesus in prophecy is that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. The salvation of the world is Jesus Christ. We saw last time that the greatest teaching on Bible prophecy ever is the fact that it teaches us what God has said about salvation. That it's a forethought, remember that. It's a forethought of God. In verse 10, we learned that it's a forethought. We learned that God's salvation, thank God, is knowable. And even better than that, it's an experience. Salvation is that which is to be experienced between the intercourse of your soul and God in heaven above that God desires to relate to you personally. Listen, Jesus is not a collective salvation. Yes, it's true, he died for the sins of the world. Yes, it's true that he's the savior of all mankind, but thank God that Jesus Christ is not a collective salvation. Jesus Christ is a personal salvation, that you must come to Christ personally and trust him by yourself. No one goes into heaven on the coattails of their grandparents or their parents or friends. You may be here today or you may be watching right now and you're thinking, well, I'm going to go to heaven because my wife is saved. No, you're not. You're not going to get to heaven because you're relying on the salvation of your children or your parents. You've got to make your own personal decision. It's a forethought of God, meaning it's God's plan. It's knowable. That means from the Bible, God has answered us regarding salvation. You can study that. You can know that by those that you know who've accepted Christ, and then you can experience it for yourself. And then last time we saw that the greatest teaching on Bible prophecy ever teaches us how God would provide salvation. We saw that in detail. We saw that it's ordained of God, the very timing of it. It's specific that 2,000 years ago, Christ had to come at that time, according to the Bible. Nobody made that up. It just wasn't a coincidence. Christ had to come, according to the prophecies, 2,000 years ago. Not only that, but you saw that Christ had to come at a particular week, according to the Jewish or the biblical Old Testament calendar, and arrive on a particular Sunday called Palm Sunday, and be resurrected from the dead on a particular Sunday that was resurrection or the feast of first fruits. It's remarkable, ordained of God. We saw last time that he inspired the revelation of salvation, that the Bible is God's word without error in the original language. From cover to cover, God's word stands perfectly true this morning against all attacks, against all atheistic uh, mocking and ridicule and work. In fact, blessed be those who in their doubt try to find this book to be false because what happens to them most often is that they wind up getting saved because of the veracity of God's word. The truth of God's word stands firm. Your Bible in your lap is the sword of the spirit, says the Bible. The very word of God. It's absolutely awesome. And then we saw last time in closing that it's that which he testified. God testified to the origin of the Bible and salvation. God said it way back in Genesis. So church, here we go. We dive into the final look at this. And before we do that, I want to give you this quote. We're in verse 12. I want to give you this quote from Dr. Harry Ironside, wonderful man of God now with Jesus. He said, Jesus Christ is the substitute for all things 
but nothing can substitute for Jesus Christ. When Ironside said substitute, he, he didn't mean some replacement just to replace things. Jesus Christ is the substitute having gone to the cross for us, church. The salvation of Jesus Christ for us at the cross and our redemption through him is something that is not only inspired and ordained and scheduled by God in his word, it's the fact that God would grant us salvation based upon that. So the question is this today, the greatest teaching on Bible prophecy ever is regarding those who God would grant salvation to. Who are these people? How is it that we live in a world right now, if you've thought about it or not, that there's, it's the saved and the unsaved? The world seems to be the great battleground of decisions today. In all aspects of life, we're not only coming up on an election where people will have to be deciding, people are deciding every day about the decisions they're gonna make in life, how they're gonna spend their money, who's gonna raise your kids, what you're gonna do with your time, decisions. And that great battlefield, C.S. Lewis talked about you and I as believers having been redeemed out of this world that now we are here warring against the principalities of darkness and of demonic powers. In alliance with God we are. And I love how C.S. Lewis puts it that we are invading. Listen, we are invading with the gospel. Enemy occupied territory. Satan has come to this world, Jesus said, to rob and to kill and to destroy. But Jesus said, I've come to give life. And so whose team are you on? What side do you choose today? There are either those in history now who are, listen, in history, they're even in heaven or they're in hell. Isn't that amazing? There's no middle place. There's no purgatory, according to the Bible. There's no middle world. The Bible says to be absent from the body if you're a believer is to be present with the Lord. The Bible makes it very clear also to be absent from the Lord is to be in hell. God doesn't want anybody there. Thus, we would ask the question to whom God grants salvation. Look at verse 12, to them. The Bible says to them. He's speaking of the prophets. It was revealed that not to themselves, that is not to the prophets alone, but to us. They were ministering the things which now have been reported to you through those who have preached the gospel to you. And this is how they do it, if there's any effect, by the Holy Spirit sent from heaven. Things which angels desire to look into. So church, write it down, number one. We look at this, that salvation is central to the revelation of God in salvation. Can you jot that down? I know it sounds a little bit theological, but it's good for us. It's good for us to know this. I want you to be a church who knows what it is you believe and why you believe it. Okay? Say amen, right? Amen. You need to know why you believe it. Well, pastor says, to forget about what pastor says. Well, I heard a radio guy, forget about the guy on the radio. Why do you believe what you believe? And listen, salvation is central to the revelation of salvation itself. When it says in verse 12, to them it was revealed. This is in a tremendous statement. To them being the prophets, and I might add to us now who are Christians. The word is constructed interesting. To them it was proclaimed, watch. To them it was proclaimed what God was going to do. You and I in the 21st century, we know what God has done. So if they were, if they were proclaimed to are, are, are uh, destined to say then what was proclaimed to announce, in other words, what was coming, 
You and I have the privilege of holding our Bibles up and looking back at history. And are we not to be louder than the prophets knowing what we know now? You, listen, you know more than what the prophets knew then. You've got the entire Bible. Jeremiah spoke not knowing exactly what he was saying. He was inspired by the Holy Spirit. We saw that last time. And he spoke through Jeremiah. He spoke through Isaiah. He spoke through Micah and the great prophets of old. He spoke through Moses, the salvation of God. To them it was revealed. Tremendous statement. The Christian minister today is not called to manufacture anything. Christian, take a deep breath and relax. We don't have to invent anything. We don't have to listen. Oh, let me be a little sarcastic with this. Can I? May I? It's for service. You guys have been up for hours. You can take it. It's wrong for Christianity of today, Christian ministers, Christians, to try to rebrand the gospel. Oh, we've got to make it relevant for our day and our age. Watch out. That is a trap. And woe unto those who fall into it. We've got to make God relevant. Excuse me? God is eternal. We're the ones that need to get with God to become relevant. We don't need to make God relevant. God is always relevant. The Holy Spirit knows what's happened, what's happening, and what's going to happen. God is always on time. He's never early. He's never late. That makes God perfectly relevant in every situation. No, no, no. We don't need to rebrand the church or rebrand the gospel. Rebrand the Bible. Well, let's make the Bible more easy to read. You know what we're really saying now when we use, well, we have to have a, not a Bible, not a Bible. We have to have a translation of the Bible, which makes it not a Bible. Be careful. Be very careful. I read them all. I own them all. Don't get me wrong. I'm not condemning anybody in this place. I read them all. Sometimes the New Living Translation, hello, translation, it's a conversation regarding the Bible. It's not technically a Bible. You need to know that. Some of the other versions that are out there, they do not do honor to God. You need to know that. Very, be very careful. And then you've got to watch out who the publishers are. You can get an NIV, nearly inspired version, produced by Zondervan, and you can get an NIV by Tyndale. Guess what? They're going to be different. Did you know that? They'll be different from one another. Who did that? It's not God. The producers tried to make God relevant. They tried to, frankly, dumb down the Bible because the culture has been dumbed down. And we try to make God relevant. Listen, be very careful. Be students of the word of God, church. Know what your Bible says. You don't need to make or attempt to make God relevant. No, the truth of the matter is the salvation doctrine that is found in God's word is the centrality of God's announcement to the world. We do not need to manufacture or remanufacture anything. We are only to be reproducers. We are to be repeaters. Did you know that? Hey, you can pray for us because you're, you're, pray for yourself. Pray for me in this project that you're working on. Here's what you're working on. In various parts of the world, not only the United States, but you are trying to get these messages that you hear in this church sent from one location over the mountains of, of where they're at into another community. Do you know how to do that? Do you know how you do that in the world? We're, by the way, we're doing it. We're trying to bombard certain parts. Believe it or not, I know it sounds crazy. We're trying to do that very thing right now in the Hawaiian Islands. You think, you say, Hawaii? Guess, you know, Hawaii is actually the most international city in the United States. 
Hawaii is one of the most pagan places on earth, worshiping nearly a thousand Polynesian gods. Did you know that? Did you know Hawaii is hard to reach? You and I only know Hawaii because we go there for a week or two on vacation. We fly there, goof off, and we leave. Did you know there's a culture there lost? And it's personal for me because that's where my family comes from. Lost, I'm telling you. Lost in paganism. How do you reach them? With a repeater. You send out a message, and that message loses its electronic power. But you, you send it into a repeater, and it reboosts the message. And send, It doesn't change the message. Are you with me? It repeats the message. Christian, you and I are to be repeaters of the gospel in Malibu, in Laguna, in Big Bear, in Pomona, in Los Angeles, in Pasadena. Where are you from? You're to be a repeater of the gospel. It's not just to the prophets. The prophets passed on the word of God to us. And we have that word of God in us. And now wherever you and I go, Christian, you are to be a repeater of the word of God. You are to make sure that your life's existence and what you do. I'm so happy to drop another note on this issue that what you're doing as a church, I, I am delighted. I can't tell you how delighted I'm going to be on the day of judgment. When you stand before God and God's going to say, well done, Susie. Well done, Bill. Well done. Because you reach these people down in Australia, New Zealand, or Tonga, or Rorotonga, or the Solomon Islands. You're doing it right now as I speak. Tonga. Listen, Tonga, reaching the gospel. How'd you do that? You're going to stand there and say, I what? And God's going to say, you did that. Every nickel you tithed, it went to this event called radio or broadcast. It landed in the heart or the mind of a child or a teenager. God, listen, we're just to be willing. God will put the power to us being the ones wanting to repeat his message. God's the power. God's the strength. He'll do it. He's awesome. Jesus said in John 14, 6, I am the way. Notice he's the way. He's not a way. No, he's the way. The truth. Oh, this drives some of our progressive friends crazy. The truth. What does that mean? Definite article before the means he excludes all other truth that is made up, meaning all truth that is true belongs to him. That's so absolute. I don't believe in absolutes. Yes, you do, because to say that is an absolute statement. God is absolute. He's the truth. And the Bible says, Jesus said it, he's the life. And it's incumbent upon every believer to copy the ministry of the prophets and tell the world that this gospel is central to the revelation of God. Pastor and Bible teacher, Jack Hibbs, here on Real Radio, in a message called The Greatest Teaching on Bible Prophecy Ever, Part 3. Thank you for joining us today. And you know, our prayer for you is that you consider God's genuine love and his desire to save you. The greatest teaching on Bible prophecy ever, part three, is part of Pastor Jack's series called Anchored, a study in 1 Peter, a series that takes us through the life and times of the Apostle Peter, whose love for Jesus Christ carried him through great persecution and whose compassion for others still inspires us today. And we'll continue on the next edition of Real Radio. You know, Peter's letters to the churches are an incredible source of inspiration. And you know, with what's going on in the world around us, we need all the inspiration we can get. And that's why Pastor Jack offers such a wealth of information on his website. Through reallifewithjackhibbs.org, you'll find resources for just about everything and anything you're going through. There's Pastor Jack's devotions, sermons, 
updates, previous Real Radio broadcasts, and even step-by-step guidance on how to know God personally through salvation. There's also access to his YouTube channel and Facebook. It's all right there at the website, reallifewithjackhibbs.org. And don't forget to download the Real Life app for quick and easy access on your smartphone or tablet. That's reallifewithjackhibbs.org. And if you need to get a hold of us, call us, 877-RR-RADIO. That's 877-777-2346. This program is made possible by the generous contributions of you, our listeners. Visit us at reallifewithjackhibbs.org. That's reallifewithjackhibbs.org. I'm David J. Until next time, Pastor Jack Hibbs and all of us here at Real Radio wish for you solid and steady growth in Christ and in His Word. We'll see you next time here on Real Radio.